Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, the Bible says, You have heard that it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor. Somebody say neighbor. Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say unto you, <laughs> I love the authority with which God speaks, with, which with the Lord speaks here, Jesus. He speaks with the same authority that those Jews recognized the God of the Old Testament spoke with. He said, the God of the Old Testament that gave Moses the law, I speak with the same authority. Now how could he do that if he was not God manifest in the flesh? Jesus said, I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. In case you missed it, let's read that verse again. Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, told us, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to those that hate you, and pray for those which despitefully use you and persecute you. Verse 45, so that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. Now watch this. This is, this is key to understanding how we could go about this. Our Father which is in heaven makes the Son, of course notice how He personalizes it, personalizes it His Son. Why? Because He created it. He makes His Son to rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans or the sinners do the same. And if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore, someone say perfect, even like your Father which is in heaven, somebody say is perfect. He's perfect. Amen. I feel led of the Lord to preach on this subject, rain or shine. Rain or shine. Would you lay your Bibles down, free up your hands so that you could lift them once again up toward heaven. And let's call on the name of Jesus and ask him to speak to us in the next little while. Father, we love you and we thank you so much for all that you've done. Thank you for the privilege, the opportunity to gather together in this place to worship you together with the family of God. We are so thankful for the refuge, United Pentecostal Church. We're thankful for our church family, those that are able to gather together in person here in this place and those that are gathering online. We are thankful, Lord, for the church family. And as a church family, we desire to be a people that wholeheartedly worship you and then also give our whole hearts to hearing your word. Help me to speak as the Spirit of God that dwells in me leads me to speak the word of God. And I believe that we are going to hear and we will be better because of it. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. Before you're seated, why don't you give a hand clap of praise, an offering to the Lord and give him praise. Thank you, Jesus.
bless you. You may be seated. Amen. Rain or shine. What Jesus asks of his disciples, of his followers here in these scriptures that I read in your hearing, if we'll just be honest, it's a tall order. To consider how we are to love, to love not just our neighbor, but to love our enemy. To bless the ones that curse us. To do good to the ones who hate us. To pray for those who take advantage of us and even work against us. This is a tall order indeed. But Jesus says that if we will be the children of our Father, then this is how we will live and how we will love. He goes on to say, if you love the ones that love you, what more or what different are you doing than those who would be regarded as publicans or sinners or unbelievers? Those that have not been born again, what are you doing more than them? When you do good to the ones who do good to you, love those who love you, what difference is there in you and in how you live and in how you love if you love just like the world loves? If you salute your brethren only or greet your brothers only, what do you more than others? But he says, and he calls each and every one of us under the sound of my voice to be perfect. I find it amusing and a bit ironic to hear Jesus, our Savior, who we claim we follow, call us to be perfect. And I hear too often people use a justification phrase, well, nobody's perfect, to excuse poor behavior. That truth be told, you and I know better. But Jesus says, you, I'm calling you to be perfect. Perfect in what manner or to what scale or measure? What is the measure of perfection? What is the measure of perfection? He said, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. We serve a perfect Father. Maybe I should have been inspired to preach this message back on Father's Day. We serve a perfect Father. What an amazing God that we serve. Truly, He is spectacular. He is awesome. There is not enough great adjectives to describe how beautiful and wonderful and marvelous He truly, truly is. To start, He is the Creator of the earth and of the heavens. Not just one heaven, but the heavens, plural. He is the creator of the earth, this terraforma that we stand upon, but also of the atmosphere in which we live and breathe. 
but not just this first heaven, but he is the creator and the author of the second heaven, which is where the planet and the galaxies and the stars and the universe exist as we peer through our telescopes, as we launch men and computers into orbit, we see the second heavens, but he's not only the creator and the originator of the first and the second heaven, but he is the creator of the third heaven of which Paul spoke. He said, I was caught up to the third heaven and I saw things that if I told you about them, you'd lock me up like I was crazy. The third heaven where the hosts of heaven dwell and abide, the armies of the Lord. Now he created all of this by his word alone. I'm talking about our perfect father, the originator, the creator of the earth and of the heavens. He said, let there be light speaking to the darkness and darkness broke forth with light. He, with the word, he created the atmosphere in which we live and breathe. He created the earth to come forth out of the waters and the seas and from the earth, every sort and form of vegetation from the small fern to the greatest of cedars he created that with his word and every star in the heavens every celestial body every heavenly body he stretched them out like a curtain by himself every living organism everything that is alive and breathing that has life in it he said let it be and it was it was from microorganisms to the great blue whale of the ocean deep. He said, let it be, and it was. He is not only the father and the originator of creation, but our very image, our form, our design is a testimony of him being a father to the human race, all that sit in this room and all that have ever lived on this planet. He is our father. It was in his image, it was in his form that he made us from the dust of the earth. He breathed into the nostrils of the first man and man from that day forth became a living soul. Not just dust, not just ashes, not just formed mud, but he became a living breathing soul that it will outlast this life whether it's 60 or 70 or 80 years but in the life that is to come he creates each and every living soul making man in his image our very form testifies of this perfect father and how many know that our perfect Father is not only perfect in the sense of how He created all things, but He has all power, He has all wisdom, He has all knowledge. Our God does not contain a level or a measure of power, but the Bible clearly indicates that He has all power. There is no power that exists beyond His hand. He has not just some wisdom, but he has all wisdom and he has all knowledge. And in this, you and I cannot become equal or like God in this manner. For was it not Lucifer, that angel that we now know as Satan, who thought to make himself as God in power, in wisdom, in knowing all things and existing in all places, he thought to make himself as God, the perfect Father, in power and in wisdom, but he could not attain to it. And it is through the same 
they all, through the same air that he tempted mankind and was it not that temptation that caused man to fall in the garden that if you would eat of this tree that you would be like God knowing both good and evil and so we see that man's fall is a result of the same attempt that Lucifer had done before them and while we cannot be like our perfect father in power and in wisdom we find that we are called today to be just like him in love. While we cannot attain to his level of power and wisdom, we must strive to be like Jesus in love, perfect love. He is calling us to love like Jesus. The necessity of loving like Jesus is a non-negotiable. It's not on the table in the kingdom of God. In fact, the king of this kingdom regards loving like Jesus in our lives as absolutely essential to this journey that we are on. We are called to love our brother, called to love our sister, called to love the household of faith, of which this pertains to a prayer of mine that I pray regularly, regularly and that is God make us one let us love one another let us bear one another's burdens let us pray one for another let us fellowship one another God bring the refuge family into deeper unity amongst one another and with yourself we are called to love each other take a good look around there's not a person under the sound of my voice and in this room that you would set your eyes upon that you are not called to love deeply and to love sincerely. There's not a person, man, woman, or child in this room that you and I have an excuse not to love like Jesus loves them. We are called to love the family of God. And until we get it down, I promise you that True growth that God wants to give to the refuge will not be realized. It will not happen. We must love one another. That great apostle John wrote in 1 John a whole lot about this subject of brotherly love. In 1 John 4 verse 21, it says, And this commandment have we from the Lord, that he who loves God loves his brother also. That if you say you love God, then you also must love your brother. He says in verse 20, the preceding verse, he says, if a man say, I love God, but yet you have hatred or angst against your brother, you are a liar. The apostle John, that great apostle that wrote not only the gospel according to John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, but also the revelation of Jesus Christ, that last book of prophecy in our Bibles. He says, if you hate your brother and say that you love God, you will be found a liar. For he that does not love his brother whom he can see, how can he say that he loves God whom he cannot see? I cannot accurately say that I love God if I cannot love my sister and my brother. 1 John 3, verse 10, he goes on to say, In this, listen carefully, in this way the children of God, the sons and daughters of God are manifest or do appear. This is how, this is how the world will know we are the children of God. This is the test 
to testify whether or not we truly are the offspring and the children of the Lord. This is how it appears. The children of the devil also. This is how you distinguish whose offspring or children you belong to. Whoever does not righteousness is not of God. If you don't live right, your lifestyle is testifying against your proclamation and profession that you are a child of God. You could say all day long, I'm a child of God. I'm a follower of Jesus. I love the Lord. I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. But if your lifestyle is in direct contradiction and opposition to the word and the will of God, you are not a child of God. Your lifestyle testifies that you're a child of the devil. Uh-oh. Somebody say, uh-oh. Uh-oh. If my lifestyle is unrighteous, it is testifying that the devil has me in his jurisdiction. But he does not stop there. Yeah, sure, some of us are saying, no, I don't watch this, I don't eat this, or I don't go here, I don't say this, I don't dress like this. And you're testifying about how righteous and pure and holy your lifestyle is. But the great Apostle John does not stop with that. He does not merely say, listen, if you got it all right on the outside and you're looking the part and talking the part, then you must be a child of God. But he digs a little bit deeper and hits close to home. And he says, if you don't love your brother... You're not a child of God. And by default, you're a child of the devil. Lord, check my heart. Lord, check my spirit. God, check my heart and check my spirit. Lord, I want to love like Jesus. I want to love my brothers and my sisters. I want to love them like the family of God to which I say I belong to. I want to love my brother. I want to love my sister. I want to be close to them. I want to pray for them. I want to bear their burdens. I want to fellowship with the family of God. Why? Because I must love my brother. I love my, love my love my sister but of course the word of the Lord does not stop with us loving our own kind our own kindred our brothers and sisters that we find within the body of Christ but we find a call to love our neighbor so when Jesus was asked what is the great and the first commandment above all the other commandments given in the law and the prophets Jesus without hesitation I believe spoke up and said this thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind this is the first and the great commandment but right on the hills that first and great commandment he said and the second is like unto it thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself and on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets Everything that's found from that book of Genesis to the book of Malachi, everything in the law of prophets hangs and hinges on these two things. Oh. You may not be well versed in what the law says. You may not be well studied of what that Old Testament contains in the law and among all the prophets and their saints. But listen, if you can remember these two things and you can live your lifestyle just by these two things, you can accomplish everything. Those you can accomplish every word in those 39 previous books to Matthew if you will just learn to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And if you will love your neighbor as yourself. Somebody say yes. 
That should be our response to the word of God today. God is calling us to love our neighbor. Listen, I'm thankful for the family of God. And to be quite honest, it's easy to love all y'all. But when I walk down the aisle at the grocery store and when I... Take, take take my car down the street and when I go to the mall and I go listen you go to work and go to school and you meet folks that don't go to church with us that don't look act and dress like us that don't believe what we believe but the question stands can you love your neighbor can you love you can love your brother but can you love your neighbor oh, somebody say amen the love of God the love of God runs deeper than loving those that are in his family. And someone ought to be thankful that it does because you and I would not be sitting in this auditorium today if it didn't. I'm thankful that he loved people that were not his children by birth, that were not his family. by oh, But he looked over... He looked over the hill. He looked on the beyond the gate and he found some babies. He found some babies that had been neglected and abused and left in the dirt. And he picked up that naked body and washed it in his blood and called him. He loved his neighbor. He I'm so thankful that I serve a God that loved beyond his family. I'm so thankful that I serve a God that loved beyond Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and beyond every one of their descendants. And he loved a Gentile like me. He loved an unclean sinner like myself. Somebody say yes. Oh, I'm so thankful that I serve a God that loves not just his brother and not just his sister, but I'm called to love just like him. And it's time that I love beyond our walls and love beyond our refuge family. Oh, how great our refuge family is, but there are still others beyond our walls and beyond this congregation that are sitting in their homes today, that are running to the stores and running errands today, that are celebrating this holiday weekend with family and friends. But listen, they don't even know what they're missing out on they don't even know what they're missing out on the presence of God that we feel in this place the word of God that is being preached to our souls they don't even understand what they're missing brother Parker we are called to love like Jesus and that means loving our neighbors who is my neighbor one man said to which Jesus gave that parable, that story, that idea where there was a man who fell among thieves, who was ravaged, he was taken advantage of, he was left half dead. And when a Levite and when a priest would pass by the way, they would walk around him or take another way. But when a Samaritan, that half-breed, that man of a different race and ethnicity that lived outside of Judea, and he would come by that same way, although he had no dealings with them Jews, he saw a man that was in need, that was broken, that was hurting, and he took time to... He took time to pick him up and put him on his ride and take him to a hospital and pour oil in his wounds and pay for his medical expenses. And Jesus would look at that man who would ask, who is your neighbor or who is my neighbor? And Jesus said, who do you think was the neighbor to such a broken man? Oh, God, help my church. Help me to be more neighborly. 
Help me to be more generous with the love of God in my life and through my life to show people that may not look or dress or act like me, may not believe like me, may not talk like me. Their family and their home life and their mind may be messed up and a mess, but God, let me love my neighbor just at least as much as I love myself. Oh, you see, Jesus, he was combating what the Jewish teachers regarded when they read that word neighbor. They understood neighbor to only mean those who were of their country or nation or religion or basically those that they were comfortable to look at as their friends. But the Lord teaches that we must do all the real kindness we can to all, especially to their souls. Pray for them. While many would give good for good, we must render good for evil, rising above the standard that good men of the world live by. He runs a little deeper. He steps on the toes of even the most sanctimonious among the crowd, and he says you ought to love your enemies. You think you've done enough by loving your brother. You think you've done enough by loving your neighbor. He said, but in my kingdom, in my kingdom, in a new covenant, with, with my people, they love their enemies. And Jesus was not satisfied with only broadcasting this from his mouth, but he showed it with his life that when he would hang on Calvary's rugged cross and he could still look upon those who beat him and abused him and nailed him to that piece of wood, he would look at those who were his false accusers and those who righted him and chastised him and he would say, Father, forgive them, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Did they ask? for forgiveness no he did not hear them ask for forgiveness but he did not wait for them to ask either even while they were still his enemies even while they still hated him even while they were breathing accusations through their teeth Jesus looked at them and loved his enemies oh, oh he calls us to love and to love even our enemies Who's the person you can't hardly stand? Who's the person that gives you the most grief at school? Gives you the most heart, heartache at work? Who's the one in your family that you can't hardly be around? The one that you consider your enemy? The one that makes your life so miserable and filled with heartache? Who is that person? Jesus is here saying, love them too. Oh, oh, I'll tell you what happens when we start following these commands of Jesus to love not just our brothers, not just our neighbors, but our enemies. I'll tell you what it does to my spirit, Brother Andy. It breaks me down. It breaks me down because my flesh wants to rise up with rage and it wants to take vengeance and revenge on those that have hurt me so deeply. But Jesus, He breaks us. He humbles us. He puts me on my knees and he causes me to be crucified with Christ so that I can love like he loves and love my enemies oh how this Jesus loves how this Jesus loves what is the basis of our love? What is the basis of this incredible, supernatural, self-sacrificing love? It's to love as Jesus loves. Man, 
as I've already alluded to, man is God's crown creation. Man was formed, not just spoken into existence. After all else had been created, God saves the best for last. And this is a principle that seems to ring true, not just in creation, but through the Word. In fact, just consider the first miracle recorded in Jesus' public ministry when He turned the water to wine. And after the governor of the feast had tasted the water which Jesus turned into wine, He was astonished and He broadcast to the whole wedding party, Listen! Most men would serve the best first and after men had well drunk, then serve the cheap stuff last. Because who cares by then? But when Jesus steps in, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. And that which is last can often be best and greatest. And Jesus performs that first miracle. But even consider how Christ contrasted the old and the new covenants. While the first had law that was written on tables of stone by the finger of God, the second covenant was written on the tables of men's hearts. While the first covenant was confirmed with the blood of animal sacrifices, the second covenant covenant was confirmed with the blood of the perfect Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. While the first gave access to the presence of God to a select group of men called the high priest from the family of the Jewish race, the second gave all people of every nation interested to the Holy of Holies through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Savior of mankind. Oh, and now, now both Jew and Gentile, male and female, rich and poor, red, yellow, black, and white can discover the depths of God's glory and the beauty of His greatness. The Lord is doing a great work and what He's doing in the last days will far, will far exceed anything He had done in any previous generation. I'm standing completely persuaded that the work that we are about to see the Lord do on the earth in the day in which we live will be greater than anything that had previously been seen on the face of this planet by the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you and I get to be a part of what God is doing in these last days. Somebody say amen. Uh, and what he has done for us, he loves us. You see, he loved you and I enough to be born as Mary's baby. He loved us enough to be betrayed by a friend. He loved us enough to be forsaken by his followers. He loved us enough to be falsely accused by his enemies. He loved us enough to be bruised for our iniquities and to be chastised for the peace of our lives. He loved us enough to purchase our healing for our bodies with the wounds that were inflicted on his body. He loved us enough to take the crown of thorns. He loved us enough to be nailed to a cross. He loved us enough to be mocked by the crowd. He loved me enough to be ridiculed and scorned. He loved me enough all the way to the grave and beyond that too. He loved me enough to rise from the dead with healing in his hands. He knows you and he knows me completely but he loves us perfectly. He loves us perfectly. Oh, tell me who, who Tell me who loves like Jesus loves. Tell me who loves you like Jesus loves you. I dare say that those most intimate relationships of people that perhaps are even sitting beside right now, that there are secrets in your life that even those closest to you are not even aware of, things that you're ashamed of. Maybe there are things that were acted out. Maybe they were just things that were meditated on. But there are things and secrets in your life. 
in my and my life that those closest to us don't even know why because we're afraid if someone knew that about me they wouldn't love me like they love me now in their impartial knowledge of my life but Jesus but Jesus, he knows you better than you know yourself. He knows your thoughts when they're still a far away off. He knows what you've done. He knows what, he knows what you thought about doing. And he says, you see that? I love her. And I love him. And I love them. Oh, someone thank the Lord right now for his love. He loves you, and He loves me. He continually, He persistently demonstrates unconditional love in spite of my flaws, in spite of my failures, in spite of my shortcomings, in spite of my stubbornness, in spite of my backsliding. His mercy is new. Every single morning I wake up, His perfect love casts out every one of my fears. His grace is sufficient for me. His way is perfect. His strength is made perfect in my weakness. His eyes are always upon me. His arm is not short that it cannot save. His is not stopped that it cannot hear his word is my sword his blood still washes his spirit still leads and his name still saves I'm talking about how Jesus loves us Oh, someone lift your hands right now in this place and be thankful for the love of God that is shown to us through Jesus Christ our Lord. Somebody be thankful for the love of God that is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Oh, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He loved us before we could even love Him. Someone say rain or shine. I come to a close. Rain or shine this was the illustration that jesus gave when jesus was trying to tell the people who would listen that day to love their enemies to pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you to love like christ loves the illustration that he gave he would point them to a known to reveal an unknown he would point them to something that was clear in their understanding to reveal something that was a mystery to their minds and he pointed to the rain and he pointed to the Sun consider this the Lord says to us today the Sun that he made gives warmth and life it shines and rises on the evil and on the good. The rain that showers down life-giving nutrients and refreshes the dry places, it falls on both the just and the unjust. Our perfect Heavenly Father is not cheap with these graces. He does not even show partiality and how these gifts are given. For if you consider your own life, whether you cast your lot with the wicked or you stood with the righteous, the song is the same. He's been faithful. When I lived unjustly, 
or when you were just as you should be. He let the rain of blessing still fall on my life. You see, life, life looks different for all of us. Where you were born, who you were born to, the home that you grew up in or the lack thereof, the education that you received, your height, your ethnicity, your gender, your skin color, so many variables. Some have little to no consequences while others can cause great joy or grief. But whoever you are and wherever you are and however you are, my God has love for you that falls like rain. And his goodness and his mercy shines like the sun. Oh, how he loves you. And oh, how he loves me. Would you stand together with me right now? My God loves you enough to save you from your sin. He loves you enough to change you from the inside out. He loves you enough to wash you in His blood. He loves you enough to call you by His name. He loves you enough to give you the gift of His Spirit. He loves you enough to pick you up, to turn you around, and to set your feet on solid ground. And He loves you today too much to leave you as you are. But He has come to love you. Would you lift your hands all over this place and consider the love of God that has been demonstrated and displayed in your life. Rain or shine, God's been faithful. Every one of you and I have different circumstances that have been dealt to us. But hear me, every one of us have access to the presence and the love and the mercy of God. Sometimes all you need is to grab a bucket and start catching the rain. Sometimes all you need is to step outside of the present so you could soak in the sun. Oh, would you lift your hands all over this place right now? Whether you feel just or unjust, good or evil, I'm here to tell you that the love of God is in this place and it is toward you. Oh, let's begin to lift up our voices. As our worship team begins to sing, let's begin to wor worship the Lord ourselves. Let's begin to call on the name of the Lord. That's it. Right where you're at. Make your location an altar. Make your location an altar. Just begin to talk to the he Lord. Feel comfortable to stand, to kneel, to lay hands on your family. 
to take them by the hand perhaps and recommit your lives and your house to the Lord. Come on. The Lord's not giving any of you an unfair advantage or disadvantage. He has let the, the light of his love shine in your life just like he has mine. How beautiful you are. Come on. Come on now. What will you do? What will you do with the love of God?